All right. Very good. Well, I will is our is our next uh, small group t- that we're going to be doing. And, it's, and of course, what you can do is you can go online to imcbc.org and you can and you can click on at the bottom of the screen. You can click on base groups and then click on I will and then it'll give you a registration form. Fill that out and then it'll be sent to us. And, and of course, there's a group for everybody. And just fill that out, please. And look, here's what we want. We want everyone in this room, everyone at Cornerstone to sign up for one of these base groups. We have them on Sunday nights, Monday nights. I think there's one on Thursday nights. So sign up for what works, what works best for you. It's, it's it, our theme this year uh, for this whole year here at Cornerstone is we care. One word, we care. Listen, we're, we're going to be going through series on Sunday mornings and then our base groups on Sunday nights is going to tie into it that we as God's people, we care. We care. We care about one another. Everybody say amen. We care about Jesus Christ. We care about God's word. We care about those that are lost and that are dying and who are going to hell. We care. And so we want us all just to come together and you got to get involved in this base group. You got to be involved on Sunday morning worship because we care. Because listen to me, when this world is all over with and gone, when your life is over with and gone, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it's not going to be about anything except what you did in the name of Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. So we care, and, and so it's going to be a great theme for this year, okay? All right, open your Bibles to Psalms 88, please. Psalms 88. Psalms 88. Make sure you get online and register for a base group, okay? And that starts the 15th, the, the week of the 15th. So register on that. Uh, Matthew is, is heading one up for the college and career age people, also for maybe our juniors and seniors in high school. So, so we got one for you this year. I know a lot of you come to my class. I know you enjoyed it a whole lot, but um, we'd love to have you back in our class, but you're welcome to go into Matthew's class as well, okay? All right, here we are. We're in Psalms 88, and we're going to contrast this morning Psalms 88 and Psalms 89, okay? This is going to be a long message. I have a New Year resolution that is to preach longer than I did in the year. No, I did. I'm just kidding around. I'm just kidding around. But uh, I want us to take a look at this, okay? And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And so it's the year 2017. I just can't imagine this year 2017. You know, when I was uh, graduated from high school in 1983, I didn't think I would make it to see the age of 30, much less to see the year 2017 to come in. So, so praise the Lord on that. But 2017 is going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year for all of us. So when we look at uh, when we look at uh, our lives, we kind of do it by chapters, don't we? Kind of, you know. And so, like 2016 was a chapter, maybe for some of you. And so 2016 and over, 2016 is over. So let me ask you, how was your chapter? <laughs> how was it? If you had a good, if you had a good year, if you had, if 2016 was great to you, uh, just get, just give the Lord a hand, okay? Just clap, all right? All right, I like that. All right. And if uh, 20, if 2016 was just okay, um, just kind of give me, uh, kind of give me a sigh. Okay, do that. Some anybody? Nobody. Well, that's good. If 2016 was horrible to you, maybe just give us a boo this morning. I don't know. No booze, no booze. Okay, that's kind of a probably kind of weird. But but here we we get into uh, into uh, Psalms 88 and. Uh, when I was reading this psalm, it was a couple of weeks ago, I just thought to myself, is that it? Is that how this psalm is going to end? Now, hold on, don't read it yet. 
Is this really how it ends? You know, I mean, so so remember, all Psalms are indigenous of one another. Psalms 88 is not the the prelude into Psalms 89. This is its own separate song that was written, and this this was written by um, someone who is just writing what he felt, and it made it into God's word. I mean, there would have been there would have been hundreds of other laments or other songs or other psalms that were written that didn't make it in, but for somehow God chose this one to make it into his collection of songs in what we call the book of Psalms. You know, um, well let's just look at it this morning. Okay. Look, look, look with me at Psalms 8. We're gonna read the whole thing. Psalms 88. Psalms 88. It says, O Lord, the God of my salvation. So that tells me that this guy was a believer, right? Now, of course, this is Old Testament. So, you know, he would, have been, he would have been a Jew. He would have believed in the coming Messiah. He would have partaken in the temple. He would have, he would have been that type of believer, a believer in Jehovah Jireh, a believer in God. He says, O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried out by day and in the night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my ear, for my soul has had enough troubles and my life has drawn near to Shaul. I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the lowest pit, In the dark places, in the depths, your wrath has rested upon me, and you have afflicted me in all your waves. Pause. Reflect. You have removed my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an object of loathing to them. I am shut up and cannot go out. My eyes has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Will the departed spirits rise and praise you? Pause. Reflect. Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in abandon? Will your wonders be made known in the darkness and your righteousness in the land of the fruitfulness? But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you reject my soul? And that word soul is talking about the seed of his emotions, how he feels, what he's going through, just just how life feels to him. And he says, O Lord, why do you reject what I'm feeling? Why do you hide your face from me? I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer your terrors. I am overcome. Your burning anger has passed over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like a water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. You have removed you have you have removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in darkness. The end. When I read that psalm a few weeks ago, and as I was reading it, I was just waiting for there to be some praise. 
for there to be some resolution in that psalm. And when I got to the very end, and it ended like that, and I thought, why in the world would a psalm end like that? Isn't a psalm, don't we serve a mighty God who, and, and where it should end on a good note, where God comes into the rescue and takes care of us? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Everybody, isn't that the way it's... Why, why did God allow this psalm to be placed into his word? What is going on here? Where is the praise here? How can this psalm chosen to be in God's holy perfect word and end like that? Look at it. I didn't leave out one single thing, did I? Did I? I didn't leave out anything. There is supposed to be a good ending. My prayers are supposed to be answered, but it doesn't. God chose to include that psalm in his Bible. Why? 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 Because sometimes our lives feel like that. A cornerstone. Sometimes our lives feel like Psalms 88. We don't know the specific conditions here of the psalmist in it, but we can tell that it involves several things. Look at it. Let me draw you in, okay? And, and just if you're wondering, my New Year's resolution isn't to keep you here longer, okay? We're going to have you out. But I, I want you to notice what this what this looks like and what this feels like, okay? And look at this psalmist, and, and it just really, you know, this song. Why? And we're going to answer those questions. But look at it. Notice what it what it involves. It involves personal betrayal in verse verse 18. He says, "Friend and neighbor." has deserted me. Can anybody relate to that? Friend and neighbor has, re, has, has deserted me. And, and we, we, we've experienced that. Um, your spouse turns your back, their back on you. You're torpedoed at work, backstabbed by a best friend. Or maybe, or maybe it's not a betrayal. Maybe it's neglect. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's going on. Um, Look at verse 6. He says, I'm in the darkest depths. Look, look, look what's going on here in Psalms 88. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Let me raise this up a little bit. Somebody shorter than me must have used it. There we go. No, it's too high. It's too high. Okay, look at verse 8. He says, I'm confined and cannot escape. I read one time that when somebody gets buried alive in an ambulance, that sometimes they don't know which, which way to dig out. They don't know up from down. So the psalmist here, look at it. He's saying, I'm confined and I can't, can't escape in our lives. Have you ever felt like that, anybody? How do I get out of this? Which way's up? Which way's out? Is what I believe, is it really true? Is God really God? Is Jesus Christ really Jesus? Is the word of God really true? I, I got this mess, and God, you're not listening. I'm confined. There's no way out of this. Can I have a, can I have a amen on that? Can anybody feel like that? Don't answer because I know that you do. And then there's loneliness. Look at verse 15. This summarizes the, the psalmist's feelings. He says, I'm in despair. Despair means not only am I in pain right now, but it said, but despair says I have no hope to ever get out of this. That's what Psalms 88 is talking about. Now, I know I'm getting you kind of down a little bit, but that's what anybody ever felt despair before? This guy, this guy is, is past the question, will life get better? His, he's resolved here in his despair that it's never going to get better. 
And that's what I want to talk to you about. Everybody listen. Everybody listen. Life sometimes gets like Psalms 88. Sometimes life gets like Psalms 88. And I think that God put Psalms 88 in here for us to look at and for us to know, number one, that it's, that it's okay to talk to God just like the way the psalmist did. It's okay that when you're in despair, when you feel neglected, when you feel lonely, when you feel hurt, when things aren't, when you, when you're having a Psalms 88 chapter, when you're having a Psalms 88 day, if you're having a Psalms 88 year or whatever it may be, it's, <laughs> It's okay to talk to God. It's okay to tell him because we're going to look here and find out here in just a minute that there's something past that that should be our perspective, not just a Psalm 88 experience, but there's something that overshadows that. Everybody say amen. So I think what God is saying here is that it's put in here because we're going to have Psalm 88 days. But then we look at chapter 89. I want us to look at that just for a minute, contrast it. We look at Psalms 89, and uh, I'm going to read this. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. It's really long, but I want to just read a few verses I have on the screen for you. Psalms 89, which is, of course, a separate psalm. Look at it. He says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Verse 8, he says, you are entirely, entirely faithful, O Lord, Psalms 89, verse 9, he says, You rule the oceans, you subdue their storm-tossed waves. Now, let me draw you in and under what, what that means. For the Jews at the time, the storm-tossed ocean represented the great unknown. The sea was a mighty, uncontrolled power. God says, God says the psalmist is totally in control of that. Look at verse 10. He says, you crushed the great sea monster, or the King James says, broken Rahab. Now, scholars say that this was a metaphor for Egypt. Israel's greatest enemy was across the sea, which was Egypt. Verse 11, everything in the world is yours. You created it all. Verse 12, you created north and south. Mount Tabor marked the east, and Mount Hermon, which marked the west, And then the psalmist says, praise your name. Verse 21, it says, the Lord says in verse 21, I will steady or strengthen him, talking about David and his descendants of faith, which would include us. Now, the book of Psalms is written in part to present you with the enigma of the Christian life. Listen, because you go through chapters of your life sometimes long ones that feel like Psalms 88. Christians, look at me. Sometimes we're going to go through Psalms 88. And the fact that that, that, that Psalms like this are in here shows you that you can be honest with God during those times, yet they do not invalidate or contradict chapter 89, which is God's steadfast love and faithfulness that we should celebrate as Christians. You see, Psalms 88 and Psalms 89 should exist together. You get it? We're going to have Psalms 88 times. And for the year of 2017, some of you may very well have some Psalms 88 times. Now, I'm not cursing you, okay? But I'm just saying that we may have some, there may be some Psalms 88 times. But just because there's Psalm 88 times, it doesn't contradict Psalms 89, which is praise and God's blessings in our lives, right? Right? 
Now, let's look at a few things here about Psalms 89. Number one, number one, we have four points. Number one, God's steadfast love rules over everything in your life. Hey, listen to me. You may have Psalms 88 times. Your world may look like it's coming apart. Your life may look like it's unraveling. You may feel like God is far from you. You may feel like every blessing is taken from you. But I want you to understand that Psalms 89 still exists. Jesus Christ is still alive. And God's steadfast love rules over everything in your life. We've got to get that and understand that and apply that to our hearts. Look at it. Look at it. He says in verse 9, he rolls the raging sea, which represents life's most chaotic elements. Hey, Cornerstone, you know, you, you know, when we get the call that says, you know, you've got cancer. Listen, God's steadfast love rules over everything. You know, my mom passed away and she was only 59 and, and, and it was hard to deal with, but, but I knew that God's steadfast love rules over everything. Life may seem to fall apart. It may be chaotic, but you have to remember that God's steadfast love for you rules over everything. And we're going to explain that in just exactly what that steadfast love is. But look at it too. In verse 10, it says that he controls the enemy. Hey, do y'all believe that? That God controls the enemy? From the terrorist to your next door neighbor to your ex-wife or whatever it may be, you know, it doesn't mean that bad things are never going to happen to us because, because people do what they do, but God doesn't make them do things. But I want you to know that God has control of that. God even has control of Satan. While he's the prince of this world, he still has to, I mean, God is still God. Everybody say amen. And he's still sovereign. Remember that. So even in those times, his steadfast love rules over everything. He stands guard, it says, at the north, at the south, and he'll make whatever comes from Mount Tabor in the east or Mount Hermon in the west praise his name, meaning that there is no power coming from any direction that he will not turn into his plan for your life that will lead to the praise of his name. Bad things can happen to you, Bad things can happen, but God can take those things and turn it and have praise to his name. Nothing falls outside of God's control. He will not break his covenant, it says, and he will not take back a single word he has said. Praise his name. Amen. Number two, point number two, God's steadfast love is not always immediately apparent to us. Now, the psalmist in Psalms 88 can't see any evidence of God's steadfast love. Even in Psalms 89, he says in verse 46, he says, O Lord, how long will this go on? Will you hide yourself forever? Has anyone ever said that before? You're, you're, you're having a Psalm 88 time. Have you ever said, Lord, how long is this going to go on? How long, Lord, will this keep going? Cornerstone, we have to remember that God's steadfast love trumps everything. That he's never going to forsake us. He's never going to leave us. We have his steadfast love. Listen, sometimes we have the tendency to judge God's love for us by the situation we're in at the present. You get that? 
You know, if my back pocket is full and my wife is nice to me and I got money in the bank and my job is good, then we say, man, I must be in God's favor and God is good, right? Isn't that what we do? We we judge God's love for us by what we're feeling as Christians. But listen to me, that's not the way that we're supposed to judge those things. And that's why we have the contrast between Psalms 88 and Psalms 89, because we're going to have Psalms 88. We're going to have Psalms 89, but we always have to remember that we never let Psalms 88 contradict what Psalms 89 is, which is God's steadfast love to us. We're all going to have those times. I mean, we're quick to judge what we have by, by, by that. You know, I wrote this down, and, and sometimes we are also willing to put up with the pain in the present if we can see clear evidence of how God is going to make it all good in our lives. Can I have an amen on that? In other words, things aren't good, but we can see that, you know what, it's going to, we, I can see it's going to be good here, so we'll, we'll judge it by that. But that, again, is not always true. And sometimes that may happen, but that logic can work against us because sometimes we can't see evidence of the good plan God is working through us. God is working a plan for you. Cornerstone, for us as a whole, things may not be always going right, maybe even a little bit of Psalms 88, but I want you to know that God has a plan for Cornerstone as well as he has a plan for you and he has a plan for your family. You may always not see it. You may not always feel it, but he has a steadfast love for you. I remember a few years ago, well, more than a few years ago, we, we had a Psalm 88 time, and we just couldn't see how in the world things were ever going to get better. But guess what? They did. You know why they did? Because of God's steadfast love. Can I have an Amen. Well, <clears throat> let me just say, you know, well, no, let me, I'll come back to that. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want Tommy to whoop me when I get home here. Yeah. As a result, what we often do is we cry out in bewilderment. Like the psalmist said, how long, how long, O Lord? You know, you can't always see it. Sometimes you may never see it in this life. And if your faith depends on seeing the resolution in this life, listen close, you'll never make it. Christians, if your faith, if your faith depends on seeing the resolution in this life here and now, you'll never make it because that's not truly faith. That's why Psalms 88 exists, to let us know that sometimes our lives are going to be a Psalms 88. But the issue here is what do you think of God? The issue here is not what you can only see and feel or hear or what you can see that's coming, but it's what you know about Jesus Christ. Because if you're just going by feel and by sight, Listen to me. Look at me. Everybody, you're not going to make it. 
you're not going to make it. I mean, you're going to make it to heaven if you're saved, and you're going to go, but you're going to have a horrible time. You're always going to be let down. You're never going to enjoy the abundant life. You're never going to enjoy the peace that Jesus Christ died to give you if you expect to have that resolution all the time right now. Number three. Number three. God's steadfast love shapes the glorious conclusions of his plan. I bought a book 20 years ago, and it was written by Eugene Peterson, and he wrote this book, <laughs> and it's about like that. I've never read the whole thing because it's too thick, but I've read a lot of it, and I love the book, and whenever I preach in Psalms, I always go to Eugene Peterson's commentary, and he kind of puts in the back, he, he kind of makes a conclusion about the book of Psalms, and Peterson's conclusion was that all prayers, listen, I think this is so good. I think this is so good because Psalms 88 is a prayer, right? It's a song. Everybody with me? His conclusion was that all prayer prayed long enough eventually turns into praise. All prayers prayed long enough eventually turns into praise. So why put Psalms 88 in there without putting some of that praise mixed in it? The answer is because sometimes your life on earth is going to feel like Psalms 88. All Psalms 88's prayed long enough eventually turns into praise. Maybe not this lifetime. I hope so. But eventually it's going to turn into praise. There's coming a time, Paul says, when the pain of this earth will seem strangely insignificant or dim in the light of the glory that God is bringing about to us. That's what Paul says. Think about it. Already, think about this. Think about it. Already you can see how God used some of the pain in your life for good, right? You can look back and see that pain that you've gone through. You had a Psalms 88 experience, and you can see just, just how God brought forth some good things out of it, Right? The divorce taught you to depend on God. The death refocused your life. The, the, the lost job woke you up out of a life of materialism. If right now, with only limited distance and perspective, you can already see how God had a good purpose for some of the pain in your life, you don't think, given enough wisdom and perspective, we'll, we will see his good reason for all of it. Listen, all Psalms 88 prayed long enough end in praise. You get it? I mean, we, we can see what God does a little bit, but just think with the right perspective, just think of what we could see. You, you see it? If we just had the right perspective, if we had the Psalms 89 perspective, just think of what we could see and what we could experience. Number four, and by the way, there's five points, not four. We behold God's steadfast love for us in the anointed one. Look at Psalms 89 real quick. Look at it. In the middle of Psalms 89, there is a very, there is a very odd little segue here. Look at verse 38. <clears throat> but now you have cast off and rejected your anointed. You are full of wrath against him. You have renounced the covenant with him. You have defiled his crown in the dust. You have breached all his walls. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have cut short the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. What's he talking about? Well, the Hebrew word for your anointed is Messiah 
or Christ. And so what you have here is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. And you can summarize the gospel in four words. And we're about to end here. Jesus in my place. It's not just that Jesus died for the signs of the world, for the sins of the world. He died for my sins, for me, because I was on his mind. Listen, it's not just that he died for the sins of the world, but we all have to remember and put it in perspective that he died for your sins personally. And if it's only you here on earth, he would have come and listened to me. He would have died for you. You're anointed. Jesus in my place. Jesus was rejected in our place so that we would never have to be. You get it? Martin Luther regarded Jesus' cry from the cross, and, he, he, and, and he, he said this. He said, the Bible says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And, and Martin Luther says this is the greatest words in all of Scripture because in them, he says, we see that Jesus faced abandonment in our place so that we would never have to. Not in any circumstances or situation have we to fear that abandonment. He walked through Psalms. Listen to me, and here's what it is. This is how you got to put it in perspective. And when you're going through Psalms 88 times, I want you to understand this, that, that, that Jesus did all of that so we don't have to live in Psalms 88, that we don't have to feel that abandonment. We don't have to because Jesus Christ is alive and he's well. And the Bible says that if you know him, the Holy Spirit lives within you. So when I feel like God has forsaken me, I'm wrong. I haven't been. I can't be because I'm saved. You get it? If Jesus didn't abandon me in the dark hours of the cross, would he ever leave me now? Huh? Psalms 88 times are going to happen, but you don't have to feel like the Psalms 88 person. And that's what we're saying this morning. We don't have to feel despair because Jesus took care of that. We don't have to feel lonely because Jesus took care of that. He died on the cross. He finished it. He said, my God, my God. Why have thou forsaken me so that we would never have to and we never will? The only reason we do is because we don't put it in perspective. And if he suffered the full penalty for my sin, can anything in my life now be considered judgment? I hear people say all the time, Pastor, I'm I'm just being judged. God's judging me for this. No, he's not judging you for anything. You may be suffering some consequences because of some actions that you did, but make no mistake, he's not judging that. Look, because I have received Jesus, the Bible says that there is, there is no more wrath left for me. So there is not going to be any judgment. And here's a note that we have on the screen for you. Suffering now is not God's judgment or anger upon me. It is part of his good salvation process in my life. It's that refining process. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our refining, our refining process. We're going to go through times, but it's just that salvation process of God taking us from what we are to what we need to be. Part of that sanctification process. It's ongoing. Not that we get any more saved, but we do get refined. Everybody get that?
Look at verse 15 in Psalms 89. Here's another thought. It says, happier are those, happier are those who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Now, this reveals what the psalmist has. And this is what we need to have. Even, even in Psalms 88 times, this is what we need to have. This is what's going to make the difference between when you're having a Psalms 88 time, but making it a Psalms 89 time. All right? You're always going to have things that happen to you where, you, where you're going to have Psalms 88 times, but, but you can make it a Psalms 89 if you'll understand what you have, like that here in Psalms 89. And it's the presence of God. Write that down, the presence of God. I love how David says in Psalms chapter 3, and he talks about his problem, and he says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me, but, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. Now listen, it's one thing to have a shield in front of you. It's another thing to have God as a shield around you. You get it? You know, a shield in front of you can block so much, but the Bible says that God is a shield around us. So what we're saying is that when we know that we have the presence of God, when we know that we're Christians, when we understand the presence of God in our lives, that nothing can touch us, nothing from the top, nothing from the bottom, nothing from the sides, nothing from the north, south, east, west, nothing can touch us, nothing can separate us from God. Now, notice this, that God is not giving, giving me glory. He is my glory. Now, follow me. God is not giving you glory. He is your glory. He is your glory. Knowing him, possessing him is your glory. So here's a question. And, and again, I'm just teaching you, and I want you to put it in perspective, because because here's what we think. We think that if we have a Psalms 88 time, we think if we have a Psalms 88 time, then, then, then somehow we're missing God. But that's not how it works. Look, look at the question. Is glory something you want God to give you in a job, in a new marriage, in a personal vindication, or is what God is to you? meaning salvation. Listen to me. If you're waiting for something to make you feel better, to be your glory, then you're, 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 you're waiting forever. But if you'll understand that the presence of God, that your salvation in, G- is, in Jesus Christ is your glory, then listen, you can take those Psalms 88 times and you can have it and make it a Psalms 89 time. You get it? It's by understanding that, 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 that glory doesn't come from, from things. It comes from knowing that Jesus Christ is with you and that he's in you forever and forever, and nothing can separate that. Nothing from the top, nothing from the bottom, nothing from the sides, nothing, because Jesus Christ is your glory. He is your glory. Christ is in us. Paul says, Paul says, is the hope of glory. Scripture says, listen close, it says, though my outward man perishes, my inward man is being renewed day by day, working in me a glory that far outweighs any of the sufferings of this life. The Bible says, though my head is bowed down with suffering, it says the presence of God lifts it up and says, do not be afraid. Hey, our God is not a distant God. 
who promises us that one day it's all going to work out. Listen, this is a God who has united himself to us in our pain and fills it with us. And his presence in us assures us of his good plan for us. So when I can't grasp his plan, you know what I do? I cling to his presence. Hey, listen, if you can't understand his plan, just grasp to his presence. If you don't know what's happening when you're having a Psalms 88 time, when things are coming apart, when your friends stab you in the back, when you you got something going on with your spouse, when you when you you don't have no money in the bank, you lose your job, you get a bad phone call from the from the doctor, someone passes away. I want you to understand, we need to make sure that we take that and not make it about the circumstance that we remember that our that we need to bask in the presence of our Savior Jesus Christ. Because if we believe what we're doing, then we believe in the presence of God. Everybody say amen. It's not about the circumstance. It's about who we know is our glory, and that's our presence. That's the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. I believe that a lot of us get miserable because of Psalms 88 times because we don't put the significance on the presence of God in our lives. Just like John said, you know, we've 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 got this we've got this river that's running to us and we block it up with all these kind of things and we're not receiving it. And the one thing that we're not receiving is that that we understand the presence of God in our lives. Amen, everybody. Hey, God is with you. You're going to go through hard times. Things are going to happen as a church. Things are going to happen. But we got to remember that that we have the greatest thing, which is which is our glory, which is the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. No matter what happens, no matter how it feels, and if you pray about it long enough, it's going to turn into praise. Now, I would love to hear testimonies on that, that you prayed about something long enough, and that prayer request turns into praise, that a Psalms 88 time happened in your life, but you prayed about it, and it's become a praise. Maybe, maybe we'll take some, some testimonies next Sunday morning for a few minutes, Brother John, about that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Because God's good like that, right? But you got to bask in his presence. And here's what I want to leave you with. And John's going to come, and he's going to play us out this morning. Pray Psalms 88 to God. Christians, pray Psalm 88 to God. Whatever your Psalm 88 88 is, pray it to God. It's okay to pray a Psalm 88. In fact, um, you know, if you want to jumpstart your prayer life, try writing some of your own Psalms to him. Be honest. Listen, you're not going to scare God away with your hurts and with your pain and with your sufferings because he already knows what you're going through. Your hurts, your anger, your tears, and your doubts. God understands them. But here's what I want you to do. You can pray Psalms 88, but you got to preach Psalms 89 to yourself. you got to preach Psalms 89 to yourself. Now, three statements I want you to learn to make that I want you to make. Number one is I choose not to fear because God is with me. Cornerstone. You, 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 choose to fe- you choose not to fear because God is with me. Number two is I choose not to doubt 
because God is in control. And number three, I choose not to despair because God is good. People say, where is the faith in Psalms 88? It's in the fact that it's recorded in the Psalms the way that it is, showing that even in our darkest hour, God is transforming the story of our lives into total praise. So pray honestly, pray Psalms 88 to God, but after that, you got to preach Psalms 89 to yourselves. Amen. Father, we love you this morning, and we do thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and uh, Lord, while none of us like to maybe even admit or even we don't like going through Psalms 88 times, we know that they're going to happen. Lord, perhaps there's some here this morning that's, that's got some faction of, of Psalms 88 going on. And, of course, we just wouldn't pray that on any of our dear loved ones, especially our church family. But, Lord, I... I pray that uh, that they won't ignore it and that they won't feel despair and they won't feel lonely and they won't feel all those things, but they'll just be honest with you about them. But most of all, that they'll just take the Psalms 89 and Lord, that they'll know your presence and that they'll know your steadfast love to them and knowing, Lord, that you don't want us to feel any of those feelings of despair and any of those feelings of loneliness and of judgment and all those things because you've already died for those things so that we won't have to lord that that will that will move past the circumstances and that we won't walk by faith by sight and by feel and by our our ears but lord that we'll know your steadfast love because of the presence that you promised to have in our lives we're never alone we're never to despair um, you're always good you're always perfect lord we love you and we give you praise in jesus name Amen. Stand with us, please.